in a way, Good Friday doesn't make any sense. It's a sad and confusing and, and, and messed up day that, that we might be better off to forget. We read through John 19 earlier and, and we might have wondered, uh, what kind of awful tragedy is this? Why should we come together uh, over such a dark day and call it good of all things? And it can't make any sense. It actually can't make any sense, and much less can we call it good if everything else outside that day was otherwise all good, as we so like to say. And, and more specifically, I guess, if we were all good in ourselves. But the truth is, we're not. We're not. Not one of us is actually all good no matter how much we tell ourselves that we are. And so we also then read here from Romans 5, one of these scriptures that, 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 that puts that disturbing death of Jesus into that context for us. So as we come to look at that text today in Romans 5, let me frame it all like this. If we do think that we are basically all good, just as we are, then the cross of Christ will only be meaningless or, or pathetic or, or tragic or confusing or absurd or something to us. But if we can see that things aren't all good with us, uh, that actually there's something ungood in us, something unhealthy, something wrong in us, then there's something in us that will make sense of this cross and fill it with meaning and power and beauty. There's something in this cross that we need. Romans chapter 5 then says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified is a big word. To be justified means to be counted as righteous by God, even though we're unrighteous. And that's key to all of this, so let me say it again. To be justified is for God to call us righteous, even though we're not. And so that word is offensive to our ears, if we think about it for a minute, because, because actually, right off the bat, that, that justified word says that, that we are not all good, as we so casually like to say. That actually, in some very important sense, we're ungood. We're unhealthy, we're unrighteous. In short, biblical form, we are sinful. And so a lot of people balk at the Christian gospel when they hear it because the Christian gospel says that, that by default we are unrighteous. We hear that word justified there in verse 1 and, and our primal instinct is, is actually to push back against that and push back quite hard against that. I'm perfectly fine, just as I am, thank you very kindly. Even if we can come to accept that, that blunt truth underneath that justified word, it still then comes across all wrong. Uh, it's a crazy truth to try to get our heads around this word because it just sounds unjust, doesn't it? If anything, this sounds unjust. How can unrighteous people be considered righteous by God and that be called justified. That's the second reason that a lot of people object to the Christian gospel when they hear it. It sounds unfair. 
Even the mainstream church at times has lost or, or ignored or, or hidden away this concept in Scripture because it just, it just goes against our human grain. And particularly then because this justification idea, that this process where God declares us as righteous, even though we're unrighteous, if truth be told, it comes to us simply through faith, just by trusting that God will do this for us. Every fibre of our being screams back that we should have to earn our good standing with God the good old way. But every fibre of our being is tainted and biased by our unrighteousness. And so we naturally want to cut God out of the process of getting ourselves right. That that is the very basis of unrighteousness to begin with, cutting God out of what we do. So rather than let God be gracious to us and and do something good for us, we want to cut him out of it and, and do it our own way and on our own. We want to get ourselves right without him. Do you see the problem? Our unrighteousness breeds unrighteousness. There's a circularity, there's a futility of how we instinctively think around this. Because here's the framework that that, that we miss when when we do that, when we cut God out of the picture. It's laid out in chapters 1 through 4 of Romans, if you want to read it later, leading up to our scripture. But here's the highlights. There is a God... And he created everything. And he created us too. But we gave our worship and adoration to those things that he created. And to ourselves too. We neglected, we rejected our God. We cut him out. And failing to acknowledge God like that makes us unrighteous. And it rightly angers God that we should do that. And here's the thing. All of us, all of us, whether we like to accept it or not, all of us are in that state, the Bible says, unrighteous and under the wrath of God. The whole framework of the Christian gospel, therefore, Uh, is about reversing that state, finding ourselves at, at peace with God instead of being his enemy and under his wrath, at peace with him, which is what being justified gives us, that verse says in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is given to us by God. It's not earned. Rather than trying to fix things without God, the the gospel insists that we must find ourselves in God's grace for this. And for it to be grace, then if you think about it, it, it must necessarily come to us simply by faith on our part. So verse 1 says, and so too in verse 2, through Jesus we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Peace with God. Standing in his grace. 
the Christian gospel given to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died on that awful dark day, that's what turns our unrighteous mess around. If you feel self-righteous, you know, you know, all good in and of yourself, or at least capable of, of sort of being within reach of that, I guess, through, through what you think you, you yourself can be and do, then, then none of this will register with you at all. But if you know yourself to actually be unrighteous and inherently unrighteous, and if you can understand that that would rightly put you under God's wrath, then this gospel is about the sweetest thing your soul could ever hear. You'll be drawn into this faith in Jesus Christ to have peace with God. Read those first few chapters of Romans later, though, if you can. All of us are actually in that state, under God's wrath, uh, and so there's a call of repentance unto faith in the Lord Jesus. There's a, there's a call of that upon all of us if we are to escape God's wrath. Surely we must become righteous, we would instinctively think, if we are to survive that wrath. But we can't become righteous in and of ourselves. Whoever has, by the way, and even to try so our way without God, well, that would just be unrighteous of us all over again. Rather, we have to do as God has said. We have to be declared righteous, even though we're not. We need, that is, to be justified by God. That's the Bible's word for it, and that's what God does for us through our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's think down into the mechanism of all this. How, how Jesus dying on that cross justifies us by faith. Here's the theology. This is what's going on underneath all this. That wrath of God against all of our sin was poured out on him. That's what was going on in John 19 when Jesus hung there on the cross dying. The wrath of God against our unrighteousness came down on Jesus Christ. And by our first instinct, if we hear that much, well, well, that sounds wrong. That sounds too harsh of God. That can't be right. We would rather that God would just simply, you know, forgive us all of our sin and, and just say to us, you know, it's okay, it's okay. I, I, I forgive you. I'll just forget about all your sin. I'll just sweep that over there under the car. Don't worry about all that. But thinking deeper on that line of thought, wouldn't that make God unjust? Wouldn't it be unjust of God to, to, to simply turn a blind eye to our sin like that, the way that we kind of at first think that he should? But no, God cannot be unjust when it comes to our sin. And nor, therefore, can he be unjust when it comes to our forgiveness. There is nothing unjust in the way that God has done this. God's way of forgiveness for us that he has laid out in these scriptures because his way still allows for his perfect and righteous wrath against our sin to be satisfied. But in his grace to us, oh, his grace to us, he has, he has provided for us this way of the gospel. 
He grants us a truly righteous forgiveness because the Father gave us the Son to absorb all that good justice that our sin does deserve. And the Son willingly agreed. We thought about that on Sunday, Palm Sunday. Jesus willingly agreed to this. This is what God has done for us. And so if we repent and and trust in what God has done for us, he can now declare us righteous without any injustice on his part in doing that because Jesus has paid for our unrighteousness. So the net result is that we have peace with God through this, says Romans 5 verse 1. We stand in God's grace through this, says verse 2, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's a strange thing to our ears when we do first come near to the cross, but in Christ dying on that hideous, ugly cross, so as to justify us through our faith in that, God's love has been poured into our hearts. Indeed, the Holy Spirit of God is given to us. And so nothing now can take any of this away from us. We cannot be brought back now into the shame of being called unrighteous, even though we are, because God himself has declared us righteous. We are justified. We are justified by God, not because of who we are or or what we did or what we might or could one day do. Nothing like that, because Jesus died on that cross. Verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. As I say, if you think you have no sin in you, that you're all good, or maybe that you could be, then the cross of Christ has no meaning or power for your life. Because he died for the ungodly. And yet when we do concede this and receive this gift from God, we're not crazy for continuing to feel unworthy of all this as far as God's gospel is concerned. We are unworthy of all this and that's the whole point. Christ didn't die for us because we were worthy. Christ didn't die for us because we were righteous. He died for us because we were unrighteous, it says in verse 6. God did all of this for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Unworthy? Yes, indeed, unworthy. That's a prerequisite for receiving the Christian gospel. Unrighteous? 
Well, yes, but only by our fallen human nature now once we have put our faith in this cross because by God's decree, we are justified. We are declared righteous by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ who has satisfied the wrath of God against our sin. And no longer then do those of us who trust in Jesus' cross, no longer do we need to fear God's judgment when it comes to us. And it will come just as Jesus himself told us. We shall give an account for every careless word. But we can have peace now because we do have peace now with our God. Verse 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Judgment still comes, but we shall be safe. For we are now at peace with our God. Verse 10, for if, we were while, if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We have peace with God. Brothers and sisters, verse 11, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. He just can't find enough ways to say this, can he? We have peace with God now by our faith in Jesus Christ. Notice, please, if you would, that all of those things there are past tense for those who have been brought to a place of putting their faith in the cross of Christ to justify them. Good Friday, indeed. Notice too that these things can't come to us any other way but by faith. We were ungodly, says verse 6, in black and white. We were still sinners, verse 8, when this was all done by our God. We were justified by his blood, verse 9, not, not our own best efforts. We were his enemies, verse 10, when he reconciled us to him by the death of his son. It's only through Jesus, verse 11, that we are reconciled to God. There is no other way to receive all of this but through faith in the blood that poured out of Jesus on that cross. When the wrath of God that should come against our sin came down on him. Notice too, if you would, therefore, that, that if this gospel of, of us being justified by God, uh, reconciled to him, uh, brought under his grace, saved by him, brought into this state of peace with him, all these things, if all of this comes to us by mere faith in what God has done, then it doesn't apply to everyone, does it? Because not everyone comes to a point of of putting their faith in the gospel of Christ, do they? So what about you, this scripture might be asking? Where are you at with all this? Are you standing in God's grace this Good Friday? Are you justified? Are you reconciled? Are you saved? Are you at peace with your creator God? Or are you yet to come into this faith? Maybe you've been trying everything else uh, in life to, uh, to try to find peace in the very depths of your soul. 
or to find purpose or, or, or meaning or sense to it all. Listen in to the gospel. Your fundamental need, your fundamental need is to be at peace with God. All the other things you might put your heart and thoughts and mind to outside this gospel are not going to solve that need. Because you are sinful is the reason. Because you are sinful, that peace can only come to you through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, whom God put forward to receive what you do deserve so that you can be justified by God. So here's the takeaway, I guess, this Good Friday. For for all the confusion of it, the heartbreak of it, the ugliness and the, and the sorrow and the, and the horror of Jesus dying on that cross, that dark day made possible the only hope that you and I and anyone else has of finding peace with our God. Peace with God was brought to us by Good Friday. Maybe to close then we could read a few verses from that Uh, other reading from that dark day in John chapter 19. Uh, Now that we've thought about what's going on uh, underneath all this, let's catch again some of that love that God has poured into us through the cold, black, awful reality of that day. John 19 and verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfil the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear And at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. Do you believe, is what John is asking there. Do you believe, or do you have faith, is what that word means. Have you come to put your faith in Jesus' blood to make you right with God. Then hear him say here in John 19 and verse 30, it is finished. It is finished. You are justified by his blood. Be at peace then with your God, for that is why he did this for you. If you haven't yet believed, uh, put your faith in Jesus' blood to, uh, to make good for your sin, then, then you need to first acknowledge your sin before you can hope to make any sense of this cross 
But please don't stop there. Repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ and you too will be at peace with your God. Let me leave that with you then, that gospel truth, to think through over Easter, uh, that by that hideous cross on Christ's part and only by your faith in that cross on your part, you can be justified before God. The scriptures say, counted as righteous now on account of Jesus' blood. God holds this out to you if you will but receive it from him. Let me also leave you with a question around all of that to, to, to kind of mull over over the next couple of days. Is that truth we're thinking through here that's written there in Romans 5 and John 19, is that truth about justification, being, being declared righteous even though you're not, is, is that enough for you? Are you content that all your sin, as awful as it is, can be paid for and thereby forgiven? Is that enough? Or is there something more on this whole matter that, that you might hope for from God? Let's talk more about that on Sunday. And let me pray for now. Heavenly Father, we thank you as always for your scriptures to us and for what your gospel declares to us in these scriptures we've read today, that you chose a way for our sin to be uh, justified, uh, that we would be justified regardless of our sin, completely at your own cost in giving us the Son and requiring of us nothing but faith in what you have done. Thank you for that glorious, sweet gospel, Father. And we thank you, Jesus, for, for doing this, going through with this, for laying down your life for us to bring you this. But we know from your scriptures that you knew how awful this would be. We know that you had every opportunity to choose otherwise. And we know, nevertheless, that you chose to do this and that you chose it because of your great love for us. Teach us then, Heavenly Father, to be clear on our faith, to be single-minded in our faith. And teach us uh, to grow in our faith. And all of these things that flow out of our faith, Father, help us to embrace them and understand them deeper and deeper this Easter. Teach us to be thankful, joyful and open with our praise to you as we respond to this beautiful gospel of your unfathomable grace. In Jesus' name, amen.